you having fun just staring from across the room you've got to stretch your stuff and i'll show you just what to do now you gotta dance gotta make your advance you gotta show you've got the guts i gotta move that'll make them swoop and it's called the two-step strut now dance with me Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast for two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Noll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel. Uh, I was going to try to say something sexy. Uh, Madison Jones. Let me, let me show you. Master of Performing Arts Administration, Madison Jones. You stole my Madison bit. I was going to correct you when you didn't call me a Master of Performing Arts Administration, Madison Jones. And you just, it turns out you I'm just, just too good it. of a friend, Madison. You just I robbed it. I too good of a friend. Now I have nothing. I have no funny bit for the beginning of the episode. I just, I, but I mean, I was just too good of a friend. I'm too nice of a guy, too good of a person. I just, yeah. what are you going to do? I don't know. But you will have to call me Master Madison from now on. Master Madison? Master Madison. Can I call you? Yes, Master. Yes. Um, very appropriate. I won't call you Daddy, though. Thank I'm you. not going to call you Daddy. Okay. I mean, I wasn't asking you da- to. I didn't get Daddy of, <laughs> I didn't get daddy of performance arts. I have to Why go, not? I have to go to... I have to do two more years for that. Two more uh, years. Yeah. Anyway... We have a guest on today. <laughs> we do, we do in fact have a guest today. Seeing as this is episode sixty-nine and the episode three of our Cats trilogy, uh, we decided the only person we could trust with the responsibility of this is host of OK Crusader, Audio Morphs, and Into the Radlands, Daniel Na. Daniel, welcome back to the Equalizers. Meow. It's good to be back. <laughs> I'm glad you got I'm I'm glad you got your horniest guest for your horniest episode. I told Jackson after we episode one, I said, you know, it felt like it made sense to have you on, but there was no way we weren't having Daniel for episode sixty nine. <laughs> and Jackson just kinda nodded like, Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> so I should say Avenger Daniel Na. I always I've always I've always uh, given the honorific to the others, so I should say Avenger <laughs> Daniel Nod joins us. Um, so to set the to set the mood, I gave Jackson the option of choosing what incense I'm uh, I'm I'm experiencing uh, during this episode. So I got more options this week. I'm gonna let you choose, Daniel. I have frankincense, okay. patchouli. When this coconut, which I don't know what that I've never had that. <laughs> Um, I have a coconut, coconut, uh, white sage, myrrh, the moon, and one called dragon's blood, which I don't know what it is either. So (laughs) I'm very tempted and intrigued by dragon's blood, but I think I'm going to go with (laughs) myrrh because that's a classy scent for classy people. Sweet. Myrrh it is. This is our best bit. That we've ever had. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving all of the noise of you unwrapping everything is staying in. This is now an unboxing this enjo- video. Is this enjoyable? Is this <laughs> set in the mood? Now no, Madison is unwrapping the incense. I just figured we also go ASMR. Oh, sure. It's our horniest episode. Let's just tick all we, the we, boxes. We can get into a little bit of role play. Hello, welcome to the incense store. Would you like to try a free sample of our myrrh incense? I just came. <laughs> 
We haven't even started the pitch. I know. There we go. I cool. haven't even gotten wet yet. Like <laughs> yeah, nobody's wet yet. We can't start the pitch. Um, so while Madison is lighting all this incense, Daniel, let's talk cats. Uh, had you seen it before we asked you to guest on this show? Uh, yes, I saw cats in theaters after taking two edibles. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's what I did. Isn't that no, your story, Madison? No, I'm sorry. I saw Sonic after eating edibles. Oh, that's right. Okay. I saw cats after uh, microdosing. Nice. Actually, that sounds like a really bad time. I I saw cats uh, not on any of the drugs because I don't do the drugs. I'm a good Christian boy. That also sounds like a bad time. It, I mean, I was getting drunk, so that helped. I was okay through 99.9% of the movie. Like, I, I was laughing a lot, and I was finding it very crazy and weird. But the last, like, minute when Judy Dench is just looking at you, like, looking at you, <laughs> was not cool. I was under my seat. I was scared. Um, as we, my experience was slightly different. My roommate and I were getting drunk and watching Cats. Um, and we had never, neither of us had seen it before. And Daniel won't have heard this because he just heard the pitch part. But um, at one point, he, my roommate was getting increasingly drunk and angry that no one was explaining what Jellicle meant. <laughs> And so I just kept, every time he'd say something, I just tacked the word Jellicle onto the beginning of it. And at one point he looked over at me, glared at me and said, I'll Jellicle stab you. <laughs> so, so everyone had a bad time, which isn't surprising. Um, Dana, did you enjoy the film at all? No, no. The, the opening sequence was uh, very exciting and scary and bewildering, and then the rest of the movie was just sort of there, and I just got increasingly upset. Yeah, but how horny did you get when uh, Sir Ian McKellen was licking the milk out of that dish? <laughs> not, not as horny as I could have been, but when Idris Elba came like creeping through their door without pants on, I was like, all right. Yeah, that's stuff that we didn't ask Jackson, Madison. I think we need to address now here on episode 69. How horny did cats make you? Hey, you know what? Taylor Swift looks pretty good as a cat is all I'm going to say. I think Taylor Swift looks pretty good generally. So No, so just as a cat. That's Only as a cat. <laughs> Everyone looked better as a cat. I think that's true, Madison. Do you think that Taylor Swift in this movie is going to be the next rung of the Lola Bunny Judy Hops thing that makes kids horny for cartoon animals like is, is that the next rung of that ladder I think generation? If, if Cats had been a better movie it could have been but uh, really the only way to tell is to wait 20 years and see what the furries are into then this this is waking this is waking up people who are into cats and also like being horrified at the same time <laughs> Hey, we don't kink shame here. If you're into cat horror porn, that's your business. Yeah, if you like being scared by 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 Taylor Swift cat, that's that's your thing. I'm not yucking any yums here. Speaking of Taylor Swift cat, uh, Madison, you didn't enjoy this movie. I didn't terribly enjoy this movie. Daniel didn't enjoy this movie. It may surprise you to learn that there are some people who share these opinions. That's right, gang. I have more Daddy's Tomatoes for this film. Speaking of yuck and yums, what people are into, uh, Tyler R. gave this movie five stars. 
and this is in all caps, this movie feeds my very thirsty fetish. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, is that Taylor Swift horror porn? God. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Tyler. Uh, our next review comes from Kaina D, who gave this half a star. The cat's... The cats were very creepy looking, and it didn't say the name of most of the cats. Idris Elba had a six-pack, which is not very cat-like, and all the characters are very forgettable. Wouldn't recommend. Hey, but I'll say having a six-pack, very Idris Elba-like. Yes. That is true. Is this a movie of cat version of Idris Elba, or Idris Elba as a cat? We, I don't know. But we don't know cats can't get buff, right? Have we ever? That's true. It, maybe there. Maybe cats. If we just give them the opportunity to get get some uh, get some gains, they they take it. That's true. Nobody's. I know. As far as I know, nobody has trained cats to do like crunches. Yeah. But that's like the thing with like gorillas, right? Like they're really strong, but we've never ever taught a gorilla how to power lift, so we really don't know like what their true potential is. The only animal that we know that can get that swole is a kangaroo, because oh, we've yeah. seen the pictures of that super swole, sexy kangaroo. Kangaroo Jack. All right. I was <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, honestly, I didn't see it, but I would not be surprised to learn that people called that actually real life soul kangaroo Kangaroo Jacked. Oh, because yeah. He was fucking ripped. Um, Australian sex symbol Kangaroo Jack. <laughs> Do you think that's the porn? Him and Paul Logan. Do you think that's the, that's the porn parody of the movie Kangaroo Jack? Is Kangaroo Jacked? <laughs> what? What's... Uh, <laughs> what, what does it say to um, our perception of Australia that the two names I killed for sex symbols was Kangaroo Jack and the guy who played Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> and that was it? Yeah, not Hugh Jackman. Yeah, right. No, no, okay. it's weird. It's not Hugh Jackman, not any of the Hemsworth brothers. It's Kangaroo <laughs> Jack and Crocodile Dundee are their two sex symbols. They can't compete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> In the shadow of Kangaroo Jack, I mean, yeah. how do, how could Chris Hemsworth ever hope to match up? I Chris mean. Hemsworth, uh, an American ten, but an Australian <laughs> six. So, yeah. all right. Uh, our next review comes from Cassandra L, who gave us a half star. Mom, pick me up! I'm scared. <laughs> wow. If you watch this horror movie, you will question if you are either insane or having a stroke. After I watched Cats, I had nightmares for days. This movie is scary and traumatizing. A great horror film for ages 20 to 40. When my kids and I exited the theater, my daughter said, Did you guys see that too? Just want to make sure I wasn't just going insane. A truly honest statement of the movie. Overall, I would say don't watch it no matter what. I think there's a news article about... The person writing the article said that watching the movie um felt like a parasite was slowly eating her brain so and <laughs> i i get that a little bit well i just love the idea that they went to this movie and they left and the child looked at them and thought hey did everyone see the same thing i just saw or did i hallucinate a two-hour film about cats like the closest i've ever come to that was a roommate or a friend of mine and his girlfriend and i watched movie 42 uh, the one about like a bunch of little sketches, one of which Hugh Jackman has balls on his chin. Mm -hmm. And we were drinking, and the next morning we were talking about it, and the girlfriend who had gotten hammered looked at me and went, wait, that happened? I thought that was a dream I had. <laughs> she was so drunk that she thought Movie 42 was a dream that she had had. And that's like the only experience I've ever had with that kind of thing. During the viewing of Cats that I saw, um, I left um, at the point where that uh, that that railroad cat 
um, drop down from the ceiling. And I'm like, well, I've never seen this fucker before. I can probably go to the bathroom right now. Um, <laughs> it seems like a, not a very incidental character. And I was in the bathroom and I decided to just like take a little bit of a break from the movie. Like I was probably there like 15 minutes. And then like I returned to the movie and that dude was still singing. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he has a very long tap dancing sequence. It's so long. And I'm like, did I just did did, did they pause the movie for me? Like they saw like, oh, that that person's leaving. <laughs> no, no, no one gets away. <laughs> Uh, let's see another reviews, Madison. So, go ahead and trot it out. All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to rub my chest. I was just scratching. Yeah, I, was, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it is the horny episode. Um, uh, no, I didn't say stop. Okay. Uh, I got a question. No, I didn't say stop. Oh, sorry. Keep going. I'm sorry. Um, I got mm. a question for you both. <laughs> Are you ready to get wet? Yeah. I said, are you ready to get wet? I'm yeah. Anything where if I don't verbally confirm if I can get out of doing the bit. I'll take that phrase as a yes. Go to the segment. Damn it. Fuck. Drench me, Madison. Uh, for people who haven't listened before, haven't been here for this great segment before, uh, Mike and <laughs> and our guest over the course of 10 questions has to guess what drink I am drinking for this recording session. Um, they probably got a little bit of a peek of it. Um, I'll, I'll let them just see it. It's like a, how would you describe this color? Pineapple juice color. Sure. Pineapple juice color. Sure. Um, it's not pineapple juice. You didn't get it in one. But yeah, so they just ask me questions and I answer them, and then they have to guess what I, uh, what I'm drinking, and they have like some lifelines. I can they can see a picture, um, they can ask a non yes or no question once. What are, you can phone a friend if you want, which we haven't done in a while. Uh, I can also make Madison come up with a riddle uh, <laughs> to help as a clue. Uh, so anyway, go ahead and chug the whole drink right now. Okay. It's quite a bit of liquid. Yeah, it's a well. pretty tall glass. Mm-hmm. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Drink, drink, drink. Is this doing it for anyone else? I'm sorry, I said chug the whole drink. Gurgle, drink, drink. I didn't say take a break about halfway through. Yeah, sip that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you like that going down your throat? You like being you like your thirst being quenched? Hey, if that's what you're into, we don't kink shame here. Oh yeah, somebody's thirsty. Somebody needs to take a big drink. Looked like a looked like a real mouthful there. Okay, I for I forfeit the segment. Just tell me what it is. Nope, you have to ask at least ten questions. At least ten questions. Okay, so uh, let's see, I've already used the bit where I asked if it was Brandy and then just named nine other uh, female actresses of color, as my guess is. Uh, so, Daniel, you get first 
to crack at this. You can yeah. ask useful questions or not, whatever you... I, I mean, we, we are on the Cats episode, so I think um, if Madison follows any sort of logic, this should make sense. Uh, Madison, is is it cat urine? <laughs> it is. A little meow piss. It is. Ooh. Not cat urine, but that would have been smart. That's why they pay well. me the big bucks. God. <laughs> Makes me want to barf just thinking about... Mm. Being in the same room as cat urine, or it being anywhere near my mouth. Uh, no, not cat urine. Mike, got a guess? Is it dog urine? See, it zagged on us. That would be smart, but no. Is it freshly squeezed dog urine? Let me clarify. I'm sending you the clue now. See, that does make me think it is urine of some sort. Fucking medicine, goddamn it. Uh, tell, 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 tell. <laughs> this is the fourth time in a row. This is the fourth time in a row Madison has used a fucking Rugrats character. The second appearance of Dill Pickles. So, describe the describe the picture, Mike. It's Dill Pickles from fucking Rugrats. He's got a big old rattle, like rattle in his hand. He's in a like a. I don't know, a, a booster seat, whatever the fuck that is, a baby character. It's licking his lips. Like, I don't um, know, what else do you want? It's not my fault that um, <laughs> the Rugrats just have, like, a kind of... They, they fit into the Venn diagram of things related to drinks. It just... It's... It, they're just... The Rugrats are always relevant, is what I'm learning from Madison li- li- Madison's Liquids. Well, you you give me this image of Dill Pickles um, in the Rugrats movie, uh... Tommy does try to murder his brother like Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, Cain, Candy Cane, Peppermint, Christmas time, you were drinking some eggnog. Oh. Oh. Some pineapple me. juice looking eggnog. Uh. Yes. Yeah. It's pineapple hey, eggnog. That was some Sherlock Holmes logic, therefore, that's right. It doesn't matter what you say. Daniel, Daniel dived into the Mind Palace. Um, <laughs> um, it is not pineapple eggnog or eggnog. Hmm. Okay. Is it pineapple urine? Mm. No. Okay, so look mm. at the picture and there's some there's something different about this. this picture than the previous dill picture. I know Daniel you won't have the previous dill picture. But <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna in my mind palace bring up all the stills from every scene yeah. Dill Pickles was in and compare it. What's unique about this picture of Dill? He looks fucking high off his ass. Are you drinking Ooh, my is... urine? You got it. No. <laughs> Are you drinking weed juice? I'd probably drink that. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Don't they make they make they make like weed oh. energy drinks? They do, oh, yeah. Is it like a pint of C B D oil? <laughs> oh my god. Off my ass right now. Um <laughs> I might be dead. <laughs> I probably would be. Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to drink that. Okay, you each get one more. I mean, you're also not supposed to be drinking you the various types of urine. You get one more guess because this is going on that way too long. long. <laughs> oh, is it, Madison? Is this bit too long? I hadn't noticed. All right. Well, uh, my last guess, I guess, then is, I mean, babies like milk. So, are you drinking some cow urine? It's not cow urine. I think. I think Mike has guessed cow urine before. Man. Probably. Um. Is it pickle juice and 
pineapple juice. It is not pickle juice and pineapple juice. You're, you're close with pineapple yeah. juice, sort of. The answer I was looking for was a Rattler. Dill Pickles is holding... Dill, Pip, All right, Dill so Pickles in the picture is holding oh. a rattle. You said it yourself. <laughs> it was right there in front of you. Nobody got wet today. On the horniest right. episode, well, Mike, nobody that, got wet. Now that, now that we're free of the of the bit, um, free at last, uh, we can carry on. I I was going to make a BDSM joke, but honestly... So we're ready for the pitch? I'm ready as I'm going to be. I've been promised a wild ride. pants on? Your horny pants on? No, because why would I yeah. wear horny pants? About to get real horny. I want you to be prepared. All right. Yeah, I am. So I took my pants off. Yeah. I'm also not wearing pants. Cool. I do. Good. I am wearing I mean, pants. <laughs> it's important to be safe. I'm safe and responsible. <laughs> okay, so, um, Mike, I'm not as creative as yeah. you. Um, as far as like coming up with names, um, <laughs> you mean narcissistic? So, um, I'm gonna. That's gonna be a part that you you both are gonna help me with, um, Mike. I want you. Okay. Actually, no, Daniel. <laughs> I want you to give me an adjective, and, uh, Mike, you give me any other word. Um, and I'm we're gonna do this six times. <laughs> So, great. Daniel, first adjective. Infidel. Infidel. And Mike, any other word? Shuttlecock. Shuttlecock. That's our first character, Infidel Shuttlecock. Man, so horny right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we decided we were going to do we we're like this could be our horny trilogy and both episodes are distinctly super unhorny. Or Howard the Duck episode was hornier than this. Another adjective. Uh, ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. And any other word, Mike? V8 splash. <laughs> <laughs> ubiquitous V8 splash. <laughs> All right. Adjective. Girthy. Girthy. Squirtle. <laughs> oh no. That's the worst kind of squirtle. <laughs> Alright, and adjective. We're almost done. Halfway there. Sexual. Sexual. Oh god. And Onk, <clears throat> like the uh, ancient Egyptian what symbol. Adjective. Glistening. Glistening. Oh, Alright. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Alright. Last adjective. Horse-like. Horse-like. Hmm. And? Peanut butter. Horse-like peanut butter. Alright. So, our characters that are being added to this uh, world are Infidel Shuttlecock. Uh, <laughs> ubiquitous VH Splash. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Girthy Squirtle, Sexual Onk, 
Glycine, Frankenstein, and horse like peanut butter. There we go. They will show up at some point in this in this pitch. Girthy Squirtle sounds like a monster it factory does. creation. I'm pretty sure they made Squirtle, right? That was like one of their first ones. Uh, yeah, that was their first. Actually, their uh, first one, yeah. Regardless of that, that just sounds like a name that they would have come up with for a monster factory monster. That's true. Cool. Well, now, now that we're, what, 40 minutes <clears throat> in? Uh, <laughs> 30 yeah. minutes in? Two days. Um, we open on the streets of London right after the first movie. And when I say first movie, I mean the original movie. So, Cats episode two. So, episode two, The yes, Jellicle yes, Choice. The one that was in theaters. Okay. We see the we see the mm-hmm. ch- chandelier floating in the distance as Grizabella floats away to be reborn. On the lion statue, Old Deuteronomy looks on with happiness uh, with her uh, clan around her. Did you did you decide they were clans or something like that, Mike? Uh, the word that they used on like the Catswiki was tribe, but it's same same sure. difference. Yeah, McCavity is seen on top of the tower that he was dropped on. He then looks downwards and sees the square where the others are, and then he snaps his finger. Old Dude explains that she must now make her way back to safety and says her goodbyes. As the cats make their way away from the square, Victoria looks back at Old Dude Romany and smiles. But what returns from Old Dude is a smile at first, but then quickly turns into a look of worry. <laughs> I like that you're using my shorthand of dude uh, for Deuteronomy, except it sounds like you're saying old yeah, dude. Yeah, old dude. Uh, in the movie, in the in the in the original movie, I think Mistopheles calls her old dude at one point. So that's kind of yeah. Um, but when I say old dude, old Deuteronomy, because I can't say Deuteronomy very well. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> so old dude. Uh, Victoria looks forward again. In front of her towers a very angry McCavity. At first, Mr. Mistopheles gets between her and McCavity, aiming his wand at him, but McCavity quickly scratches him and tosses him aside. He then grabs Victoria by the neck and drags her towards Old Dude. Putting his sharpest claw at her neck, he orders Old Dude to choose another Jellicle to be reborn. Old Dude says that it's impossible. To do so would use... Uh, to. To do so and use that much magic would over-exert herself and kill her. Thus, no more Jellicle choices could be made. McCavity explains, well, he will kill Victoria and anyone else until she uh, chooses him as another Jellicle choice. McCavity, noticing his intimidation is not being taken seriously, throws Victoria aside and then grabs Gus, the theater cat. Old dude shudders and protests and starts to cry. You know, because in Mike's one, they had a thing. Um, and in and in the, in the original, I think they had a thing. I think all the cats had a thing for each other. But um, specifically, she's worried because she doesn't want to see Gus murdered in front of her because she, like, has feelings for him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can I ask sure. you a question, Madison? How is this horny? Um, It's pretty horny. I mean... um. Mm -hmm. no i I get it scary horny it's a very fearful scene yeah asked and answered those that are turned on by (laughs) poor i guess (laughs) intense scene and you know fear and arousal are very similar emotions as we all know okay okay she says uh 
not being able to bear Gus being murdered in front of her. She shakily extends her hand, her paw, I said hand, but it is a paw, and chooses McCavity. When she does, his body starts to rise up and he starts to float into the sky. He is cheering as this happens and then he suddenly disappears in the blink of an eye. Old dude then starts to shake and falls to the ground. Victoria rushes to her side. Old dude, with her last breath, says the words, Cannot be two. They must choose. Help. <laughs> so what you're trying to say is there can only sure. be one. Yeah. Um, I just like copy and pasted Highlander, the script of Highlander, and then replaced all, with, with I, all, <laughs> all I, of Sean Connery's bits with old dude. Uh, <laughs> everybody gets one. I had, I had Beetlejuice too. Everybody yeah. gets one. <laughs> Victoria doesn't understand uh, but old dude extends her paw to Victoria, and then suddenly Victoria lifts into the air. The cats gasp all around her. With her last moment, old dude looks up to Victoria floating above her and says the word, go. So, um, I don't really have notes for this next part. Um, this isn't the end of my notes forever, <laughs> but, like, for this next part... <laughs> I thought that would last. I thought that would last a whole hour. You know that that. But no, now I'm joking. Uh, it took me. It took me three hours to write. No. Uh, but so what happens is because because old dude already selected, uh, um, shit. Girthy Squirtle. Grizabella, thank you. So because, um, because old dude already chose Grizabella. And then she just chose McCavity. There can only be one Jellicle choice. So they're being transported to mm -hmm. uh, another realm instead of being reborn automatically. So Victoria mm -hmm. already gets to, or also gets transported to this place. And in this place is a huge party. Um, it's like this nonstop 24-hour party of cats. And then there's a cat council. Uh... <laughs> Um, who are basically got... Gee, I wonder who's going to be on this council. Yeah, right? Um, <laughs> and the three council members are Infidel Shadowcock, Ubiquitous mm -hmm. V8 Splash, and Girthy Squirtle. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, what they are doing is they have to decide between McCavity and Grizabella. Um... And initially, Victoria as well. It's like, we have three Jellicles. We only can have one, right? We can only have one a year. That's the rules. That's, like, how this is how this works. So we can only have one to choose from, like, mm -hmm. at a time. So they set up a competition to doing the three Jellicle acts. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus. That, um, each person has to, or uh, each contestant has to compete to win the final Jellicle choice to be reborn. Um, Victoria, because she wants Grizabella to ascend because that was her choice and everything, that was what she wanted in the, in the first movie, she says, I choose not to compete. And then she's just going to be there to support Grizabella. So now it's only between Grizabella and McCavity. Um, and McCavity's, um, in this new realm, McCavity's magic doesn't work because it was an earthly thing. That's me explaining that away. <laughs> so what they say is 
um, they have to uh, compete head-to-head in the three Jellicle acts, which are quick change, dancing, and (laughs) gift-giving. So, (laughs) there's other stuff that happens. Initially, um, when Grizabella sees Victoria there... um, and Victoria gives up her spot. Grizabella doesn't really want to have anything to do with her or anything. She like is thankful for helping her get to this point, but she doesn't want McCavity to target Victoria or do anything like he was doing in the first in the um, in the chapter two. So she says, "Just let me handle this. I can beat McCavity. I believe in myself." So in the first act, uh, so then they move to the first act, which is Chris a uh, quick change. Grizabella takes uh, takes the stage in front of the council and the audience. She uh, does a series of changes, unzipping her flesh, sort of like the Gumby cat did in the first movie. But instead of different clothes being revealed, she seems to have the ability to change her fur to many different breeds of cat. The first is Himalayan, then a Maine Coon, and then a Russian Blue. Two more. Um, Persian. Um, and, uh-huh. um, um, rare short hair or whatever it's called. <laughs> in her big finale, she starts spinning so fast that the colors of the different breeds seem to blend together in a colorful twister around her body. In an almost explosive finish that throws dust, a dust cloud of colors uh, around the chamber. After the dust dissipates, everyone sees Grizabella in the middle of the room with her fur displaying the colors of a vibrant orange Bengal tiger. The room and deciders in unison stretch and shudder their tails wildly. <laughs> a few of the audience, <laughs> a few of the audience, uh, the audience members, and infidel shuttlecock come up and nuzzle her, congratulating her on a job well done. Next, the cavity um, pulls three bottles out of his furry duster coat and holds them between his claws and gives a sneering smile towards Grizabella and Victoria. With a thrust, he pushes the duster off of his back, revealing below his coat that he is wearing a leather harness that tightly hugs his dark brown chest, as well as as snug leather bottoms. He throws one of the bottles down and smoke envelops the space tor- uh, upwards uh, <laughs> where the glass smashes and, it, and he, uh, he emerges from the smoke now wearing a full latex gimp suit and a zipper over his mouth. <laughs> he, he walks over to Ubiquitous. <laughs> he walks over to Ubiquitous the splash and kneels <laughs> extending his chin towards it. <laughs> Chin forward, instructing them to unzip the zipper on his mouth. Once they do, McCavity lets out a flirty meow and then does a backflip. <laughs> Once he lands, he throws down another bottle and smoke shoots upwards again. When it clears, we now see a new outfit, a latex romper with a small, long chains connecting at various points that fall to the floor. <laughs> Sorry, did you say a latex romper? A latex romper. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
with a few. Someone's been looking at my wish recommendations. That is, I did, I did uh, hack you and look up I your browser history. Madison just looked in their closet. <laughs> with a few flourishes, he throws the chains uh, into a few of the audience members' hands and instructs them to pull. Struggling in the opposite direction, he performatively struggles with the latex romper uh, as the chain as the <laughs> chain holders pull. Which you... That is a sense that has never been said in the entirety of human history, as he performatively struggles with the latex romper. Lurching forward, the outfit starts to rip and tear. The outfit eventually completely rips, and McCavity coyishly acts embarrassed uh, as he covers his naked body, <laughs> and then throws down another bottle. Oh my God. After the smoke clears, McCavity is shown wearing a full, uh, a fully leather three-piece suit. He loosens the tie and then rips. Oh God! He rips open. He loosens the tie and then rips open the shirt, exposing his torso, which is adorned with uh, various uh, nipple tassels. He then starts gestating uh. wildly, making them cyclone as Sorry. the as the audience and the council watches. You, I, you said gestating wildly, so he starts gestating a child wildly and. Just in a child wildly? What did you say? You mean, I think you mean gyrating. You said gestating. Isn't that like, I don't, th I think gestating, like you say like pregnant people are like gestating. Yeah, uh, I think you might have been thinking of gesticulating. Just yeah. gesticulating. Gestate, carry, <laughs> gestate, carry a fetus <laughs> in the womb from conception to birth. Fine, gesticulating. Thank you, Daniel. Whatever. He's making, he's oh, making okay. the things spin. You know, they're tassels. Does does he have six of them because he's a cat and has six nipples? Yes. Okay. He's making those tassels clap. Yeah. Resounding mews, meows, mews, fill the room. Both the audience and the council are amused, and they all shudder their tails wildly. <laughs> After the performance is clearly over, practically the whole audience and uh, practically the whole audience comes and nuzzles McCavity. He has clearly won this event. Between the competitions, Victoria gives Grizabel a sort of I told you so and pleads with her to let her assist her in the next competition. Grizabella uh, reluctantly agrees. The next competition is afoot, uh, which is dancing. McCavity begins his dance by sort of rousing the crowd and then goes into a whole dance that includes a break dancing and a break dancing and a lot of thrusting. If you uh, to what song? Um, yes. So, um, um, I'll read this and then I'll say what song. Uh, because I actually okay. wrote, um, I wrote a few lyrics. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So, if you ever seen Magic Mike XL, it's a lot of that. He definitely does the, that move where he gets uh into the proximity of another cat's like zone and puts his arm below his uh puts his hand below his crotch and then lurches his tor uh, uh, lurches his crotch forward and thrusts at the person. Do you know what I'm talking about? Go ahead and get up and no, no. go ahead and get up and show me what that movie no. looked like. <laughs> no. Um you know the one. Anyway. <laughs> I've never seen any of the Magic Mike films. Anyway, the cats enjoy it. It's hot and steamy. So the song, um I've I made up some songs. Um and this one is called Can You Feel Me Now? <laughs> and it's sung by McCavity as he's doing this. And um 
Um, in Idris Elba's accent, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, I can't do accents. No, I meant you do Idris Elba's accent. I can't. Uh, so Not with that attitude. <laughs> so these are some of the lyrics. Papa, pause, make you drop your jaws. You you can't get with me, but you can't feel me now. Get with me and you'll see how. How I flex, how I thrust, how the choice how the choice you have is obvious <laughs> there we go expect more of that more oh, of that i didn't coming. know i was on songland the hit nbc tv show about songwriting right now right you're not <laughs> victoria and Grizz, after that um like mccavity gets some praise like not a lot but like people are into it it's it was hot and steamy you know Victoria and Grisabella take the stage and do a rare um, and impressive uh, pas de deux, uh, which is like a duet in ballet. Um, throughout the piece, both of them mimic, hold, and caress each other in various ways. I imagine this would be a mix between Emma Portner's Slackjaw video that she did with her partner, um, Ellen Page, in uh, 2017, and Royal Ballet's Beatrix Sticks Brunel and Yasmin Nagby's duet that they did in the same year. You know those famous oh, pieces. Of course. You know, yeah, we're all familiar. You know those yeah. famous pieces that everybody knows. Um, I'm a big Yagsden head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm Ellen Page's best friend, so. Sure, sure, sure. I could try to describe both these pieces in length, but it, it wouldn't do them justice, so we'll just link them in the episode description. Um, let's. We'll I would kind of like episode. to see you try. <laughs> yeah, and we'll release a bonus episode on Wednesday of Madison at length describing the shot for shot each of these sure, pieces. Sure, 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 sure. Let's just say they're both beautiful and have the ability to bring a tear to your eye, but I want to be clear. The dance that Victoria and Grisabella do is still very horny, but horny in the way that um, the way genuine connection is like when horny you, of the heart horny of the heart yeah uh, like when you feel so horny way that brings a tear to your eye yeah, yeah yeah like when you feel so comfortable and trusting of someone all you want to do is be with them like it's the most important thing in the world and if you lost that moment then the world would end or wouldn't matter anymore you know that sort of horny and this is to m&ms you get to your moment you gotta own it yeah uh, after they finish, they are met with most of the crowd surrounding them and singing the song with them. Uh, so I imagine the actual song Slackjaw by Sylvanesso is playing. Um, and I'm going to read some of the lyrics. I got all the parts I wished for. I got everything I need. Sometimes I'm above water, but mostly I'm at sea. Oh, Slackjawed me. Can't you see? There's so many rhythms and harmonies. McCavity calls an, an objection to this win because they won, clearly. Um, in that that this was more a Victoria scale than Grizabella's. The audience gasps and boos this, to this objection, but the council sees this point that McCavity brings up and declares that it is not against the rules of the Jellicle competition to have assistance, but the Jellicle skill must clearly be that of the competitor. They do not take the w w win away from Grizabella since she uh, was an equal part of the performance, but warns her that Victoria cannot contribute the majority of the skill. That makes sense. Um, no, it's just McCavity trying to, you know, like, get the wind away. So, the last Jellical skill is gift-giving. The ability of giving something up selfishly is a part of being Jellical. The competitors are given 15 minutes to go back to the mortal world to find a gift worthy of the Jellical Council that will be selflessly given. McCavity sneers at the idea of giving something up, but Grizabella and Victoria more looked worried 
um, and they discuss they don't know what to give up. After the explanation is given of the task, uh, ubiquitous V8 Splash snaps its claws and suddenly Grizabella, Victoria, and McCavity are transported back to the street of, uh, chapter, of chapter 2, the OG movie. As soon as they are returned, Grizabella asks where they should search for a gift, and Victoria responds that she thinks that they should go to the house that Rumpelsteezer and uh, Mungo Jerry took her previously, as there are so many glamorous objects to be found there and would be great gifts. They take off running. Little do they know that McCavity was listening uh, to them secretly and follows them. Once in the house, Victoria and Grizabella creep along stealthfully at first, but once they get a few steps into the building, they hear a ruckus of familiar voices. They follow the voices, and they find in the middle of the kitchen, in plain sight, a hedonistic party being hosted by Rumpelsteezer and Mungo Jerry. At this party, the various cat guests are seen devouring various cat delights, such as milk, uh, fish, and chicken. We can also see sprinkles of golden, shimmery dust around all all of the room, um, and the cats are rolling in it every so often. So it's that, um, it's the catnip that uh, uh, Taylor Swift's character had in the first movie. Some of the cats are just clearly having sex in one of the corners. Other guests include Rumtem Tugger, of course, because it's a wild party, and uh, Bustopher Jones, because, you know, it's like hedonism and whatnot. Another one of the guests is clearly only familiar to Grizabella. It's the one that can be heard with a big, booming voice, and it is clearly Theo Dijambol, who is one of the yes. guests uh, who is one of the guests devouring the food. Grizz- Grizabella, surprised by his presence, approaches. So, um... This is another uh, part with a song. Um, so um, this one I just called We Are the Night. Um, and it's a poppy, you know, early Kesha with a dollar sign song, you know, v- maybe kind of like party rock anthem. And the lyrics after this are kitties, kitties getting tur- turnt in Liddy. <laughs> that's just all I have. Damn it. Kitties. <laughs> I mean, that's just the song. Yeah. Kitties, kitties getting turnt in Liddy. When. Grizabella appears, people gasp, whispers of the jellical choice returning, and she returns uh, and whatnot can be heard. Bustopher approaches uh, first and is the first one to ask what on earth they're doing back. I think there is some tension between her, Bustopher, and Rumtum, as they were also candidates for the jellical choice and lost to her. Like, not like, oh, we hate you because you mm-hmm. won, but like, what are you doing here? Um, after defeating us, you're not supposed to come back. Did you forsake or give up the choice? Like, how dare you do that sort of thing? Blah, blah, blah. Victoria quickly explains what happens and what they are doing there. Theo de Jambol stops his gorging for a moment and nuzzles his old and tells them that they were just um, filled, being filled in on her story of being chosen by old dude. He introduces his guest to them. They are some of the cats that aren't recognizable to Victoria or Grizabella. Um, and said that they came as soon as um, they heard about Old Dude's passing. His guest names are Glistening Frankenstein and Horse Like Peanut Butter. <laughs> I thought you were going to bring back some of the episode one characters. No. That's why I was excited. No. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Victoria asks what they are doing being so obvious in this house, going through the kitchen with their dog being in the house, because there was a dog in the first movie that lived in that house. And with uh, the humans not being too far away, Mungo Jerry points um, and says, no worry, and knocks on the door uh, to leading one of the side rooms. Suddenly the door shutters and we hear barking from the other side of the door by a dog. 
both Victoria and Grizabella jump. Um, but Theo Dijambol then points up and we can see that the cats have locked the door. Um, the humans are away, so the kitties play, repeats Mungo. The cats at the party, once being briefed uh, with a short time scale, want to help Grizabella find a great gift. Mon- Mungo and Rumper uh, say that they know where the shiniest thing that resides in the house is, and it's in the living room. It's a shiny jeweled necklace that the lady of the house puts on for special occasions, but they would have to sneak around the dog. They then hear someone say, well, that might prove very hard, and they all turn up to see the owner of the voice, which is McCavity, who is now up near the door lock and has been overhearing their converse- conversation the whole time. It appears his plan was to overhear what Grizabella and Victoria were planning and to steal whatever they found. He then unlatches the door and in comes storming the dog. The dog has a human face. I imagine it's a Doberman. Who's playing the dog? That is my next question for you both. Who is playing the dog? Hmm. Owen Wilson. You know. Ooh, that's a good pick. You know, when I thought about it, I was thinking, what if it's Owen Wilson? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Bow wow. Oh wow. See? Oh wow. Bow wow. Especially because <laughs> <laughs> So good. Especially because I have a song for the dog. Uh oh, good. <laughs> called Or Else. Um, which I imagine is a very operatic like <laughs> like song. Um, and here are some of the lyrics. With time, you'll understand just why you are not to be here. This is my house, my land. Without it, I will not be fed. So I will chase you, chase you until one of us are dead. So just imagine that in Owen Wilson's voice. The cats scatter and Victoria uh, was about to run. And then Grizabella stops her and reminds her that they need to grab the necklace before McCavity does. In the chaos, they are able to escape the room while the dog chases uh, the other cats. As they are going towards the door, the dog spots them and starts to go after them. Noticing this, Theo de Jambol tries to distract the dog and starts pelting him uh, with food scraps that are around the place. And he also gets glittering, uh, glistening Frankenstein and horse-like peanut butter to do the same as well. Their tactics work and uh, Victoria and Grizabella are able to get out out the door. They make their way to the living room, which is dark, but they see the blue jewel necklace glistening in the moonlight on the mantle. So I imagine, um, I don't have a lot of notes for this one, this part, but I imagine like both them and McCavity are in the room and there's just like an epic race mm-hmm. of them hopping and jumping to get the necklace. Um, in the end of the scene it is knocked to the floor and McCavity gets a hold of it. Uh, he lets out a laugh of celebration and Victoria and Grizabel are out of time to find any other gift. That was the only one that they had time to get. As he, as he celebrates, though, the dog suddenly bursts into the room. Victoria and Grizabella jump and hide under the sofa. McCavity isn't as fast, however, and from under the sofa, we see glimpses of the dog taking McCavity in, in uh, his mouth and flailing him about um, while... Uh, and flailing him. Getting a little choked up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> How horny this scene yeah, is. Yeah, it's so horny. Um, and flailing him about uh, wildly as they are transported back to the Jellicle realm. They all land in the chamber uh, with uh, the council suddenly. All three of them. Uh, all three of them do. Cheers are heard at first, but then gasps. 
think about like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire at the end when Harry transports back uh, to, with the goblet with Cedric's body. Sort of like that. Does somebody run down going, that's my son? Yeah. <laughs> and they, then, then, they, then, they rush, then they rush that guy away. He's like, who the fuck is that guy? Um, <laughs> it's the same actor yeah. from yeah. Goblet of Fire. <laughs> yeah. He's not a cat either. He's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's dressed trim. like Amos Diggory. That's the character's name. <laughs> he's dressed in his Harry Potter costume. <laughs> McCavity is alive but lethally hurt. Grizabella walks up to him slowly and places a paw on him. McCavity gasps, short and agonizing breaths. He cannot move, but he cannot move. But she sees in his paw that he has the necklace. We suddenly see flashes of them dancing from. Uh, Mike's pitch, uh, episode one, and then when he left her in the moonlight at the end of the pit, at the end of the movie, and then we see his evil deeds from uh, the second episode, second chapter. She then sings a verse from memory. The withering leaves collect at my feet, and the wind begins to moan. Memory, all alone in the moonlight, I I can smile happier days. I can dream of the old days. Life was beautiful then. I remember the time when I knew what happiness was. Let the memory live again. And then she looks at him and he says, and she says, this time, don't blow it. And nuzzles his forehead. This time it's personal. She then turns to the council of infidel shuttlecock, ubiquitous feet splash, and girthy squirtle, and says, I have nothing to gift you. McCavity has bested me. And then she points to the necklace. The council looks back and forth and then nods uh, and then nods at each other. Infidel Shuttlecock <laughs> steps forward and says, "Yes, it appears that to be the that that appears to be the case." And then walks towards McCavity. But this necklace was not the best gift given here today. I'm afraid. In your mercy, you have given up your chance at rebirth. You yourself have given the most selfless gift, and so you've chosen you are chosen to be the most jellical. No, but I. I forfeit my Jellicle status, she says to them. He is the only Jellicle choice now, and so he can be reborn, says Grizabella. He was once a charming and good cat. Not Jellicle now, but could be if he chooses not to waste his other chances. You you really would give you give up your gift of rebirth to him after all he has done, says Victoria. She says, yes, he was self, selfish and greedy, but... How would I how would I not be if I didn't show him mercy? Mercy like you gave me, and she nuzzles Victoria. Very well. If you so choose to relinquish your jello- relinquish your jellical status, then we will perform the rebirth ritual. The council gathers around uh, McCavity's dying body and starts per- per- performing the ritual. As they do, uh, his body lifts higher and then floats through the ceiling and seemingly into the sun. His body vanishes. Victoria hugs Grizabella and looks sad. Ubiquitous VH Splash walks up to both of them and says, This was a great sacrifice. You are clearly jellical, both of you. Yeah, and maybe I'll get the chance at the next choosing. Um, This year was his turn, says Grizabella. Girthy Squirtle then interjects. Yes, maybe next year, or maybe now. And he looks at Victoria. What do you mean, she says. 
It is then revealed that old dude did not actually choose Victoria to be Jellicle. With the last bit of her magic, she in fact... Oh, fine. I was... I, this, this smacks of the end of Rise of Skywalker. That's why I was laughing. It is then revealed that old dude did not actually choose to be Jellicle with the last bit of her magic, but in fact she transported the ability of choosing to Victoria before she died. That is why Victoria was able to come to this realm at will, which was where old Deuteromedy was going when she uh, was leaving at the very beginning of the movie. So with that, um, Victoria chooses, uh, chooses Grizabella at that point, and then the council can let her be reborn. And that's what happens. And then that's my movie. <laughs> Uh, we actually need to redo this because we did establish that you can't choose somebody and give them the power in episode one. So <laughs> uh, the fans aren't going to like it. it. Our hardcore cat stands aren't going to like it, Madison. Is that what you said in the first one? I didn't hear that part. Yeah, but I don't. I got, That's fine. I got too distracted by your, your fucking card game, which I was going to try to put in here. Uh, but I, I, I just really couldn't find anywhere where to go. Um. I do enjoy that, like, this. what a trilogy this is. Uh, episode one is this very, like, um, Old Republic, like, bourgeoisie ball that leads to a war. The second one is just a bunch of horny cats running around trying to get picked to get reborn. And then the third one, they basically go to Cat Asgard <laughs> yeah. and compete in the Hunger Games. Like, Yeah. So, any questions? <laughs> <laughs> I think it could have been hornier. I had some horny scenes though, right? Like, what's the? There's some pretty horny moments in there. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely the horniest of the three. Well, of the two of ours. I mean, I climaxed twice. Listeners, you're gonna have to go back and try to find out when. Madison will edit in a sound cue. Uh, it was actually when I was um, chugging that Rattler at the very beginning. You just like splooged everywhere. Yeah, that was one. <laughs> but yeah. I had to. I actually purposefully left the call earlier so you didn't see my O face. If we did it, that's another episode of the Equalizers. Madison Johnson. Um. Uh. Go ahead. What were you going to say? That's all I have. I don't know if you have any questions or you think anything else should be built on. Um. When the dog is like basically killing McCavity by swinging the body around, is it you spin me right round? Is that sure? Playing? Yeah. Or is Owen Wilson singing it like you in, spin. you? Oh wow, you spin me right around. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. That was my only note. Cool, Daniel. Any questions? Any horny questions? Um, I mean, I have a lot of horny questions, but not so much related to your pitch. Uh, but I, I do wish that Genuine's Pony had featured somewhere in this film. Hmm. Just something to think about. Maybe it could be the credit song for when we do this again next week. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You get one of those, uh, you know, one of those insert things next to the credits, and it's uh, just McCavity dancing some more. Yeah, yeah. In his various bondage gear. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite part. That was my favorite part to write. Question. Question for you then, Madison. One last p- actual piece of business. What is this called? Cats episode uh, three, colon. Colon. Cats three, colon, the last Jellicle. Ooh. <laughs> Jellicle rises. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Cats episode three, the last Jellicle. Well, if you did it, Madison, which I think you did, 
That's credits for another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. People can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. Uh, you can get in contact with us online on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Our Gmail is equalizers at gmail.com, and we have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. As always, we spell that E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S like in sequel. <laughs> like in sequel. Special thanks on our theme song, Two Step Strutton. Go to the Banana Boys off their debut album, Technicolor Girl, from Outer Space. You can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram by searching Banana Boys, and they spell that B-O-Y-E-S, like in Bogus. So next time, uh, we have a guest coming up. They needed to push one more week. So Madison, we need to figure out what we're going to do. Uh, we have been sort of unofficially challenged by friend of the show and Avenger Jackson Eflin in the most recent gratuitous pausing episode to make a sequel to In the Heart of the Sea. Uh, we can take that up now, or I can cut this entirely, and we can pick something else. Oh, Daniel, do you, do you have a challenge for us? Do you want to... That's a good um, point. You are. I could, yeah. I, I, I have one in mind. Um, you might, after hearing it, decide to go with the other one, but, uh, you know, I think it'd be really fun to do a sequel to a movie about time travel and assassins. Uh, I am, of course, talking about Assassin 33 AD, the movie about time traveling to go kill Jesus. Oh, whoa. Two movies I've never heard of, but... <laughs> so, Madison, what if we do both? <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, we in, this, in one episode, we do both? It's a crossover. Oh, okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. So, I know nothing about uh, what, what any either, either is about. So, like, especially the heart of the sea oh, or whatever uh, it was. Yeah, in the heart of the sea is based off of basically a sort of true story that inspired Herman Melville to write Moby Dick. Cool. It's got Chris Hemsworth in it. Okay. And Tom Holland. All right. So next time, Freakles, tune in for the crossover you didn't know you wanted of in the heart of the sea, an assassin thirty three A.D. Wow. Daniel, uh, I want to thank you for being here for what has been. Truly a wild one. Uh, maybe not our horniest, but definitely uh, goes down in the annals of our episodes. Wow. Uh, do you have anything that you would like to plug before you go? Uh, sure. As mentioned, I do a bunch of podcasts. Uh, Audiomorphs is me reading Animorph books and making bootleg audiobooks. Uh, OK Crusader is kind of back it's where uh i get guests and we discuss how dateable marvel characters are and then into the radlands was an into the badlands rewatch podcast we're currently rewatching riverdale which is really fun um and you can find all of that and more on the website that i for some reason pay money for theapocalypse.com that's the apocalypse it's like apocalypse but there's a d in the middle to make a dumb pun so for the equalizers i'm madison jones i'm daniel na i'm mike Knoll. Hmm. To be continued. First take your favorite leg, and then you kick it up to your chest. And then you pump your open palms, and then you really start breaking a sweat. That's all there is, that's really it, you barely even gotta move your butt. Come on, man, now follow my lead, or we'll do the two-step strut. Come on, dance with me.